but I don't I really don't have any regrets I really don't I've I've lived exactly how I've wanted to I've tried my hardest every single time I didn't win the matches that maybe I should have always won or but I really gave it my all so that for me is enough Hello everybody, welcome to episode 90 of the Body Serve. I'm Jonathan. And I'm James. And we are back in the car again. <laughs> yeah. We're here in Cincinnati. Uh, we're taking a little break from the venue. Because um, we just need to record in peace. In yeah. private. And we need a little bit of decompressing. How, how funny is it that actually recording is decompressing? I know. But that's how kind of uh, busy today has been. Yeah, you need to get away from the tennis Every once in a while, just take a, a mini break. I just got back from watching Taylor Townsend beat Monica Puig in three oh, sets. Oh, she did? She did, yeah. Um, it wasn't really looking great for Taylor after the first set. Monica, I mean, Monica has a great game. She really does. And she was just hitting deep and and both sides were working. And then, uh, the, like, the wheels kind of fell off. Monica's the type of player that I just don't understand why she's not better in terms of her results. Because when you watch her play... When she's on, it's like, well, well, damn. Yeah. And uh, it's unfortunate that those two had to play because if if there are like two players who you really want a lot for, at least me, I want both of those players to find success here. So the big thing today was that there was the all-access hour, which turned out to be the all-access four hours <laughs> <laughs> with the WTA. And then we also got Rafa Nadal and Dominic Team. Yeah. I don't know if more top players will be made available tomorrow, but for today, that's it. And that was your first time doing that. It was. So yeah. right now, I just want to get your, because we haven't even talked about this privately. Mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts about what you saw today. Okay, well, so how it works is that the players just come on in. You're sitting around the table with a bunch of other reporters and photographers, and the players come in and they just answer your questions. It's a, it's a press conference. It's just smaller and uh, it's more not, intimate. Yeah, and it's just not after a match, right? So they're more, they're kind of broader questions. And typically at press conferences, the players are, there's a definite division between the player and press. Mm -hmm. They're sitting at a podium, whereas here, you're all sitting at the same table. Yeah, just literally a round table. Um, so the first player who came in was Karolina Pliskova, our current world number one, mm -hmm. who was in great spirits gave a really uh engaging interview and um yeah for me it was i thought it would be very intimidating seeing these players up close and and asking them questions and really the only one who made me starstruck was rafa just because of who he is and he was also not in a great mood today i would say not at all i, w I was actually really surprised by his demeanor um you know, the news just came out today that he will secure the number one ranking after this tournament because Federer withdrew today. And uh, he didn't really seem too happy about that. I don't think he is happy about the circumstances in which he'll get the number one ranking. I back. mean, that's just a projection. We don't know. Like, mm. it's, I he get, was asked about it and he was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I get the impression that he's kind of over some of the same questions he gets asked over and over yeah. again. Yeah, he did say a few times, well, I've answered that many times this year. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit, well, I don't want to ask him anything. <laughs> <laughs> Get called out like that. <laughs> um, but oh. yeah, so we also saw 
after Pliskova, there was Kuznetsova after a long break. She was a delight, as always. Yeah, she was in great spirits, very engaging, very talkative. Um, There was this great moment where she was, there was talk about politics and her being the president of the WTA or something like mm -hmm. that. And somebody asked her, can we just have you as president of the United States? And she will we'll play that for you later on. But she quipped something like, well, if you if you think they have a problem with Putin and Trump, what do you think they'll have with me and me and Trump? <laughs> um, so Svetlana and then Angelique Kerber came in, uh, Simona Halep, Dominic Team, and Joanna Conto was the last one, right? Mm -hmm. I was surprised by just how funny Conto was. We got a glimpse of that last week in Toronto when she did that video for the WTA mm. where she was doing splits and playing the heads up game and all that stuff. But she came to play today and uh, I asked her about whether or not she just enjoys these kinds of things, doing these silly little media things and playing games. And she says, well, I don't really think I'm good at it per se. And it's not that I <laughs> like it per se. It's just that I'm committed. <laughs> right she's determined to do a good job uh -huh. which is really her persona on court as well yeah she will put in the work she's got the work ethic and she will try and do her hardest mm -hmm. so i think we're going to play that one for you in full the conta one at this point we haven't even listened back to the audio uh we're kind of winging it so we'll we'll play some in parts and some in full it'll be a nice little surprise for you what comes next mm -hmm. Anything else you want to talk about in terms of the media today? Well, Garbinia Murutha was pretty amazing with press. She has, I mean, she has a big personality and a really uh, just appealing presence in person. She, I would say. she draws you in, doesn't she? she? Does. I told you this last year. She makes eye contact. Uh, she's one of the players that I, I don't know if you said, but. I feel like, well, I wasn't really predisposed to loving her, but meeting her in person, it, it, you know, you do feel more endeared to her. Mm -hmm. um, she's smart. She's honest. Thoughtful. And uh, she makes an effort to answer your questions. You can also see her learning, <laughs> learning to pull back. And she talked about that a little, which is probably one of the more interesting insights from today's press. So I definitely want to want to feature that in this episode mm -hmm. because she was also asked about if she was aware of what was going on in venezuela mm -hmm. and she was very hesitant to speak out politically yeah because she says that a lot of the stuff that she said in the past outside of tennis gets misconstrued and she even pointed out that that whole we all hate each other thing was a total fabrication from the press or it was a joke she yeah. was on a, a but the way it was show or whatever the way it was spun and run away with was not how it had happened well and we were definitely part of that too. yes i was really surprised to hear her bring that up actually yeah she said she was being interviewed by a comedian and it was a joke and people just ran with it and quite frankly it's something that stuck for a long time and really put her in a, a bad position with a lot of <laughs> fan bases yes right? definitely um, what else have we done? I mean, today I haven't really seen much tennis because we were in press for so long. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's talk about the withdrawals because they're dropping like flies, especially on the ATP. Man. Part of the reason why there were only two men in uh, press today was because most of the top 10 players are not here. There's yeah. only four of them. Yeah. 
So Nishikori hurt, he re-injured his injured wrist in practice against Dimitrov yesterday. And he decided to pull out yesterday. He literally walked by us probably minutes before right. he withdrew. Um, of and course, that conversation he was having with his coach or trainer or whatever as he walked through the concourse did not look good. No, it was not a happy conversation. Of course, you heard Roger Federer pulled out today. He did He did arrive in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He was committed to, to coming here and then making the decision. But um, he says that he hurt his back, kind of aggravated his back in Montreal and is going to take the time to rest. It needs to rest. He's 36. He can't take chances with the U.S. Open coming up. No. Even though he's won this, like, what, seven times before? Yes. This is small potatoes compared to right. what he's about right now. And the last one that, that fell by the wayside was Gal Mofis. We saw him on the practice court yesterday. I saw mm-hmm. him whipping shots with Benoit Pair on court eight, having a grand old time. And he's out as well. He was scheduled to play Christopher Eubanks as a second night match tonight. Yeah, so that kind of messed up our night a little. And then really screwed with the promoters <laughs> because... Well, it helps us because we put in a request to interview Christopher Eubanks and it can only help us if he's on the winning side of that match. Right. <laughs> Which, he, d- he does have a better chance against uh, Ramanathan uh-huh. than he did against Monfils. Yes. They're two players outside the top 200 as the second night match at a Masters 1000. A it's qualifier crazy. versus a lucky loser. Yeah on center court at a, at a Masters 1000. And, I mean, the first match is a barn burner. It's Coco Vandeweghe and Madison Keys, which I'm really looking forward to. A rematch uh, of the Stanford final, Yes, right? which Madison won. Uh, but I'm hoping that people stick around for Chris Eubanks, because I saw him yesterday uh, take out Janko Tipsarovic in the final round of qualifying. And the kid can play. He's expressive. The crowd really responds to him. Um, he's six foot seven and like a hundred pounds. <laughs> like the kid is so skinny. He really does look like a kid. He seems um, like a really nice guy too. He does. I mean, the folks in Atlanta where he goes to school at Georgia Tech, people love him there. Like I got messages from people on Twitter after posting photos of the match saying, we love him down here. He's such a great guy, a great student athlete. Like we're so proud of him. I'm like, wow, this <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool to see a young guy just blossom because he's still an amateur he's still in school yeah you know we are what are we going to be doing right now oh we're also going to be (laughs) (laughs) we're also going to be trying for a few one-on-ones right so chris is the first one we're going for we have a few that we won't reveal just yet because it's still very premature oh yeah and they could say yes or no Uh uh-huh so hopefully in subsequent episodes of The Body Serve this week, you'll mm. be getting some two-on-one interviews. <laughs> with the, Some Canadian doubles. Uh-huh. And uh, we hope you enjoy this episode with some of the outtakes from today's press stuff. This is your second time we won a Grand Slam. Well, then how different are you able to handle the attention, the big high of that? Design? How different does it feel sort of dealing with the after effects? I think I'm dealing better than last time for sure. You know, I feel like I've grown a little bit in that aspect. And uh, even though it's not easy, I, you know, I said that I wanted to go to Stanford and play Toronto, Cincinnati, everything. And that's what I'm trying to do. And uh, I'm dealing with it. You know, at the end, I face players that are playing incredible. They're tough as well. And I can lose, I can win. But I'm happy that I'm 
I'm there, I'm competing. I mean, those rounds as well, which is important. It means something when you face top players that you are, you know, quarterfinals or semifinals. So I'm happy with that. You didn't have a good result on grass leading into Wimbledon. You just got rid of that and ran the table. How were you able to flip the switch on that one? You mean the week before Wimbledon? Right. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really care, you know, that I lost a match and it, it didn't go at all my way. But mm -hmm. I'm like, and what? I've, you know, I practiced hard. I did a good Birmingham, mm -hmm. and sometimes, you know, I feel like I played terrible and I ended up winning the next tournament. It's not always, but it's very to be prepared. But it's not that important if you have a good preparation before. One match cannot tell you how the tournament's going to go. Does it feel strange? I mean, in the run-up to Ron Garros, you know, there was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of um, expectation on you yeah. to, to do it. And then to lose in the way that you did and then have to come back and then to win. Do you feel that you've actually managed to grow in that, in that short space of time? Forget the year. In that short space of time, I see that there's a, a real change, a real shift in your, in your sort of approach. Does that feel that way to you? I feel like when I, you know, after that Grand Slam, I'm like, okay, I know what it feels like to be here. I know it's tough. And I feel like, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to go and I'm going to be more hungry. You know, I want to be like more hungry to turn this thing around, to shake this bad feeling that I, I had there. And uh, and I went strong to the grass court. You know, it's always tricky to play in grass, but I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. So I, I was just like concentrating on turning things around. And uh, it went well. There's been a lot of bad news coming out of Venezuela. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much are you following that? How much do you keep in touch with uh, family down there? That everything going on down there? Well, I do follow a lot. Uh, people think that because I maybe don't share lots of things because I don't think it's my place or no. People think that I don't follow and I do follow and I read the news every morning and I ask to people and people come to me, oh, do you hear what happened? I'm like, yeah, I heard. So I don't want people to think that I don't, I'm not aware just because I don't get into the same thing. So I'm aware. All right, and following up with that um, is, um, how do you feel that the people of Venezuela are being treated? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's been like this since a very long time. and. Uh, I don't really want to say a lot about this because I, I, I feel like when I, I feel like when I speak something that is not tennis, it's not going to be, you know, used well. So I learned that I don't want to get into this, especially politics and stuff. I do know that it's a mess and that's it. Right, and back to tennis, um, this is one of the most competitive races for number one on the women's side in many years. Um, how does that does that add pressure to you or do you think it's good for the sport to have a race like this <laughs> i think it's quite interesting honestly i feel like every week is changing you know every week <clears throat> depends who wins the tournament suddenly this one has options and then the next the next week doesn't have any more and then another name comes and uh, i feel it's uh, it's fun i think for the fans and for the tour it makes it very interesting to have more diversity it's not only one person and that's over i feel like it's going to be you know Coming up, this U.S. Open here and the Asian swing is going to be, you know, like a really battle. It's going to be like who is going to qualify, and uh, I like it. I like that I'm part of that, and uh, it's a big game. Is it almost like it provide? Does it provide? Do you think more motivation because every week is an opportunity? You know, like every week you can actually surge up rankings. Every week you can actually make a move. Whereas in years past, maybe 
okay, even if I win this tournament, I went up one ranking spot, yeah. you know, like, it's, it, you know. It does, yeah, I remember before, like, oh, I won a tournament and I didn't move anything, you know, but it's true now, now I feel like, shit, I gotta play. Because I feel like if I'm gone, I'm, bye, or, you know, like, oh, I'm 25 now, in the way. Gone, you know, so I do feel like I want to, I want to keep at least my chances, you know, after if whatever the tournament goes, but I want to be there competing. With Rene, you kind of become known as a big stage player. Mm -hmm. Can you say what it is about getting to a very, very big stage like French Open or Wimbledon that motivates you especially? Oh, for sure it motivates me especially. But it, but it motivates a lot of players, but you kind of like rise to the occasion, you know. I don't know. I think I, I said it before. I like I like that I like to be in those situations, you know, I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of going out there. That's what I want to do. I want to go out there in center court and having, you know, tough opponent and uh, my tennis goes better like that. Has no, your I'm, mentality I'm, always been that way? Or did yes, you I've always been, always when I watched and then I'm like, oh, I want to be in the center court, you know, and uh, when I was, before starting the tour, when they put me, you know, in other courts, maybe less uh, less crowdy. I was like, oh, I want to play in the center court. What do I have to do to get to the center mm -hmm. court? You know, so I like to have this mindset since a little girl. With, re with respect to winning Wimbledon, you had a chance to enjoy that. How soon after that did you, or did you reset your year goals and career goals? They didn't change. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, my career goals is, doesn't change. I know it's a great victory, and but. Uh, if after five days, I was already training, you know, getting prepared for the for the American swing. Of course, I have another Grand Slam, which is, I feel it's different to have one mm. and to have two. You know, I there are so many people that to feel that you have two, it means like I did it again. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows if I can get more. It's like another different, I don't know. That's how I see it. As a young kid, you wanted that center court experience. Do you recall the first time you watched a center court match and where that inspiration came from? I remember seeing, and I think it was actually for Tolkien because in Spain, you know, there is always this Spanish tradition and the seeing, because I practiced in the Bruguera Academy and he won twice yeah, there. Yeah. So I remember seeing him and, you know, there are pictures everywhere of, of French Open. And yeah, but I remember watching men's final actually because <coughs> I have two brothers and well, you know, and, uh, and after maybe some women's, but not not that much. Do you ever show up to a tournament and and get a different feeling that particular week that lets you feel that well, I'm gonna go deep this week. I'm I'm gonna win this tournament. Does it change from week to week necessarily? Yeah, it can change. Um, not every time I go to a tournament, you know, you feel prepared or you're certain conditions. You know, maybe there's altitude. There's it's more hot. It's it rained and. Uh, I am confident every time I go to a tournament that I'm prepared and I, you know, I'm one of those players that can hold the trophy. That every week I feel. After, you know, you play one match and you're like, oh, I don't feel this tournament. But you some way, somehow, you find a way and sometimes you don't. Can you point to one particular tournament where you showed up feeling really good about what was going to happen that weekend you did win or go very deep? Um, I'm thinking. Um... Well, you know, I feel I feel good in Stuttgart, you know, because I, I practice hard there, and I like the clay court, and it didn't go well. 
You know, I went there and uh, <laughs> I was first round. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So, so it doesn't mean anything then, pretty much. No, I, I, sometimes when I feel like, okay, I'm ready. There, you know, when you feel you're ready, you're confident, and you know that the other one has to really play well to beat you, that's a good feeling. But that's it. Svetlana talked about um, practicing with other top 10 players. Is that something that you see as a good training strategy, or do you prefer to kind of keep the practice to yourself? I normally, I'm open to practice always uh, with other, you know, well, players, but I always try to try to stay with my, you know, sparring or team, mm -hmm. or, because it's just more individual, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes when you want to compete and, and check a little bit and hit with, uh, you know, another top, it's always good, but I rather keep it with me than every day with, you know. I mean, it, it, I've wondered this, but anyways, uh, going. Can I go take you back to the French Open and the, the like five minutes when you had when you left the the press conference room mm -hmm. after the loss? What were you thinking, like in that time? Like, was it? I don't know. What was going through your head? And yeah. then what were you thinking when you came back in? You know, I was just sad, you know, and I mean, and I think it's normal. There is no bad part of showing that I'm sad because I always feel when I'm happy, I'm happy. When I'm sad, I'm sad. And it was a moment where. It has been very intense days, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I I went, uh, I didn't took a lot of time also after the match because it doesn't really matter. I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk, I'm going to express how I feel, and I was surprised the next day when I saw a few headlines saying uh, breakdown, <laughs> tears, and and I'm like, what? Yeah, it's not a breakdown. I'm just you know sad that I you know I lost a a hard match and uh, you know a lot of emotion also in that match and. I don't know. I wanted to show also that I'm human. I'm not a robot, you know. I'm not like here. Oh, because it's true. It's true because I feel like sometimes there's players that are like so, like this, like an ice, you know. And I'm not an ice, so it doesn't show that I'm weaker because I show my feelings. Actually, I like it. And uh, I just went outside. I'm like, okay, that's it. Let's go continue talking, and that's it. I didn't thought a lot. Of think a lot of things. Then. Yeah, because when you came back, it felt like your body language was different. It, like you were kind of sitting taller. You were much oh, okay. more like you were. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it seemed yeah. like something switched in the five minutes. That's why I was asking, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, okay, just let's let's just talk normal. You know, I think once like you're because I was like a little bit sad, you know, I'm like, ah. you know, you're a little bit like this and you're holding. And so once I think I you know, went outside, yeah. took a breathing, I'm like, okay, that's it. It's normal. Had you had you given into that emotion before you came in? Because right from the start, you could hear that your voice was going yeah. to go. Yeah. I don't think you even heard that last question when he said it. I think you'd already gone. Oh by yeah, then. I think I was like, yeah. Because yeah. when you left, he was like, oh my god, I can't believe what I've done. I don't know. Um, but you know, did had you had a chance to release that emotion before you came in, or was it in that moment? I had a time, you know, but it just also came in that moment and uh, I don't know, because when you, you finish a match and you go to the locker room and you're still thinking, but no, no, there's nobody asking me about the match. So maybe that, that <laughs> turned, turned the match and to explain this, and I'm like, it came back with the same emotion and, and that's it, that's it. How are you able to, uh, to shut out criticisms and, and maybe some bullying and trolling online because it happens unfortunately uh, are you do you have kind of a routine just to to get over that or do you just ignore I ignore I heard I, I, I listened to Svetlana talking about this before I completely ignore I feel like 
the one that loves me today will hate me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And this is how it works. You know, I can win a match and Garbini is the best. And if I lose tomorrow, it doesn't matter, Garbini, how is she playing tennis? You know, so <laughs> I, I always, it's true. But I don't, I don't, shit, I don't care. When did you learn this, to take this attitude? Um, I don't know, I think in... Because before I, I was reading a little bit more, you know, when I was younger, I was more affected. And, you know, sometimes I feel like in Spain, they hit me a little bit hard sometimes, <laughs> as well, which is good, you know. But uh, so I, I decided to, you know, that's it. I don't have to read all this. And uh, I think, like when I said before, when they ask me questions that I don't, I don't want to talk because it's true. I know, I know the minute I'm saying things because I'm trying to say natural. Mm-hmm. People take that, use that in their advantage. You know, it's not really like, it's not really about you, it's about the people who are saying those things. And I usually have this talk with my team. I'm like, why do I have to next time I'm gonna go to the interview, I'm gonna be a nice. Because I feel like it's true, because I feel like when I talk and I, you know, express and I say a few things, people like take this word and then put it there. Like when the thing with that we all hate each other. I'm like, what? who makes this freaking headline? <laughs> I was having an interview with somebody that is like a comedian in Spain, and we were laughing, and you know, it was funny. The way, and I learned, and I'm like, okay, there's certain things I know how to talk, but I don't want to lose the naturally, you know, the authenticity. So it's always, I'm always there. What's the best part about being a Wimbledon champion? I guess having another Grand Slam, having this. Uh, you know, recognition that Wimbledon gives, because I feel this uh, is different winning Wimbledon than yeah. French Open. I know it's the same Grand Slam, but it's different uh, exposure and, uh, I don't know, the English world, I feel like it's very Spanish, you know, French Open is like, but Wimbledon gives you a lot of more doors, yeah. you know, and uh, I don't know, I feel that maybe it sounds a little bit bad, but I, that's how I yeah. see it. Yeah. Last does that, question, does having brothers toughen you up at all? Brothers? Yeah. They're way older than me. Uh-huh. We kind of didn't spend a lot of time because when I started, they were already in university. And then when I, you know, there was always this big gap. We have like 12, 11 years. So, yeah. So. So you escaped that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Gabby. Roger pulled out earlier today. You are now officially going to be number one uh, next week. How does that feel? And is it any added significance? The first time you got number one was also in Cincinnati, I think. So it's a bit of a coincidence there. Yeah, it was a place that I thought I going to be number one and happened in 2008, and it's happening here again. No? So uh, yeah, obviously it's, um, it's, it's a bad news for the event that Roger is not playing. For me personally, obviously, to be back to that position is something special. A lot of things happened in the last in the last time that I was in in this spot. Injuries. Uh, um, you know, some tough moments, of course, and uh, I have been, I hold uh, the, the passion and the love for the game. That's why I, I, I had the chance to, to be back in, in that position again. So just uh, trying to, to enjoy the moment and just trying to, to be ready to compete well here. That's the most important thing for me now. With, with all those tough moments, how big is your sort of satisfaction now getting, getting back there? Cause I don't know if you had doubts you would ever get back to number one again. I, I say it a lot of times when I'm impressed, no? but uh, you don't have doubts it's because you are very arrogant, no? and I am not very arrogant. No? So um, it's obvious that uh, there's a young generation coming, there's a lot of players that uh, are uh, 
very good. So it's tough to, to be back to the number one. No? But uh, still that uh, project and me, we are doing a great season, both of us. And I think both of us will have the chance to be in that position uh, until the, the end of the season. Depends on the results. Uh, one or other will have the chance to be in that position more weeks. So let's see. I, I have an opportunity here to, to compete. Uh, well this week and I'm going to try to do it. You said uh, your loss last week was the worst one of the season. Mm -hmm. Did you gain anything from that? No, it was, of course, was negative everything. <laughs> uh, I, cannot, I cannot say uh, take a positive thing, not, because for me it was an opportunity to, to go far on the tournament. And uh, I had, I was not playing bad. I, I felt that I was practicing well. So he stood that my opponent played so well. So that's uh, that's a real thing, and I say it immediately there. Just congrats to to him because he he played uh, fantastic and he played with the right determination. But at the same time, I felt that uh, I had much more opportunities than him. You know, I had a lot of break points on the third. I have three zero in the tiebreak. You know, a lot of chances during all the match. You no, know? in the second set, uh, four all of thirty, and then he served for big serve. So. Uh, too many chances. If you don't convert that chances, then you are in trouble. But of course, it was a tough lose when you have too many opportunities. As a loss, this left? stage in your career, how much does a loss like that linger? How, I mean, how long does it take you to get over a tough loss? A couple of days, obviously. <laughs> was uh, was a tough lose for me. Uh, was a tough lose because being in semifinals, I came back to, I was back to the number one, and it was an opportunity for me to add a lot of points uh, to the computer. For the rankings and to fight for a for a very important event, so it's a tough lose, but that's a sport. And our sport, in our sport, every week everybody loses. You know, it's not like in golf that you finish third, you finish top ten, or you finish twenty fifth or second. Here, you lose in semifinals, but yeah. you lose. You know, you lose in second round, but you lose. You know, it's it's a different story, and the world is is important. So after Montreal, do you then change? the way you may have been practicing no. before the tournament or work on something especially different because of that match? No, I have been playing great in Montreal. I played a great first round. I have been practicing very well. And here I think I am practicing well too. Um, I think I am ready to compete again. It was, uh, was one of these kind of matches that uh, you don't play very well, but still <coughs> you should win. That's what happened. And sometimes when, when this, in the tournament you have this kind of matches, no? and if you, if you are able to win this kind of matches, then everything can change. So it, it doesn't concern you too much then? You're able to put it behind you pretty quickly? Not really quickly, of course it affected me. No? Of course it was a tough lose for me, and of course uh, it takes a couple of days to, to be with the positive energy again. But here I am, and I am practicing well. I had a great practice today. I have another chance of practice tomorrow. And I'm excited about playing here. I know. I'm having a great season. It's not that I'm playing a bad season and now I still I lost a match that I should win. No, I'm playing a great season. I lost a match that was an accident, and I, I have to keep going. I have the important event in Cincinnati and the fourth the U.S. Open in two weeks. No, um, I don't say all of this is preparation for the U.S. Open because it's not. But obviously, I didn't compete for for a while. I've been on at home resting a little bit that I needed after a very long play course season and grass too, so just trying to do the right things. Sticking with the brand though, you know, 
a brand usually comes with some kind of concept associated with it. So how would you describe your brand? What does it mean? Uh, I believe I'm, um, maybe I'm not that popular, but I do believe I'm like fair and I, I respect other people. I think uh, you gotta be humble around. I see these values are more important than any other values you can, you can see. So you you respect you. I think you deserve respect by respecting others, and also you treat people nice, no matter who they are and who you are. And you cannot really. Um, Would you be interested in running our country? <laughs> <laughs> if they say Trump is under Putin, what they would say about? <laughs> I'm not into politics, I just heard this. It's, it's about lots of, about memos, uh, memos in Russia, you see about that one, but uh, I, I, guess I, need to, I, I guess I need to study for many years in order to be able to run the country. And it's, it's very serious to be political, it's a very difficult job, maybe not really, um, you cannot really be very honest about everything. So. Would you want to do? I mean, because like Marat went into yeah. politics afterwards, so there's a there's a path here for Russian Grand uh, Slam champions. There is a song, the "Never Say Never," you yeah. see? <laughs> and maybe that's the song I would tell you now, "Never okay. Say Never." But I believe I do a little bit better playing tennis, so I rather stick with that. You're a veteran on tour. Uh, does your perspective on practicing has it changed over time? Of course. For example, I saw you in Toronto last week, and you were practicing with Caroline, and you were going full out. So, like for example, do you practice less and make that practice time count more? Of course, What's your definitely my now? time of practice uh, went down because I'm not practicing six hours any longer because I would quit like ages ago. <laughs> I practice less and I go more intense and more kind of concentrate the practice. Uh, for sure. And then when I'm back bet between the tournaments, I do also one session a day, one fitness, one tennis, instead of going two, three sessions. Do you have a players that you like practicing with more than others? Uh, yeah, the next question will be uh, who is the players you hate <laughs> to practice with. So <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that, but there is players who, is who we always practice, like Aga, Simona, Pliskova, these girls. We always like, we have each other numbers and we can text back and forth. So you want to practice. Sometimes uh, other coach, uh, other players, some coaches, they, they t text between them, but with some girls who, with whom I'm cool, we can talk in between us. Who's the, pl who's the player you text most often? <laughs> Uh, today I got Serena's text. I was really surprised. It, oh. it took her months to answer me, but <laughs> I still was Kinda very. Busy. I was still really happy to get her text, and uh, um, probably Simona or Pliskova. And uh, yeah, probably. How's Serena doing? Because she's pretty close now with the baby. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's. I cannot tell you. <laughs> you don't have to say anymore. It's okay. I know you're like. I, I, I'm like. You're a good politician. I'm like. Uh, I'm like this soccer player who go gonna score the penalty. You put me the ball in front, and I'm not gonna score you. That's all. So how are you? I'm. I'm doing well actually. I had a, a fun couple of videos out there. Well, which was quite fun. I. I got Canal Sony wrong and said Sonal Coney. Great. So. 
And, and how long have you been in the States? Without, a, no, without a drink. No jet lag. That's just me. That's just me. You seem to really enjoy doing these videos. I saw the one that came out of Toronto last week and it seemed uh, like you were having a ball. I mean, the splits and all that silly stuff. Oh, well, yes. I mean, I mean, charades and heads up. I'm, I commit. I just basically commit. Um, but I do try to make the, the best out of it and, yeah. and try to enjoy it for what it is and uh, always an opportunity to improve. So are you a good charades taboo player in real life? Um, again, I'd use the word committed. Um, not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily come through in the actual uh, value of the product, but um, <laughs> but you know, I I put myself out there. When we say committed, do we mean over competitive? No, we mean committed. <laughs> we do. Just committed. <laughs> <laughs> So have you had time to sort of take in any of the uh, enormity of, of Wimbledon or was it, you know, did you, do you have any time to actually process and enjoy what you got out of that before you come, come in here? Um, I think I did a relatively good job of actually enjoying it in the moment. I felt I digested each match and each stage of the tournament um, quite well and uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, feel like I missed out on, on anything. Once I got to the end, I, I felt like I really did make the most out of it um, but it was nice I got to um, be at home for another two two and a half weeks um, before I left for Toronto so um, I definitely made the most out of that and I got to do some pretty cool things um, which, such as, such as uh, I went to a YouTube concert you did um, I say pretty cool things I did a pretty cool thing um, and I got to meet Bono and the Edge which was uh, oh, I was did. pretty yeah I was pretty oh, starstruck oh my god how things you changed for you uh, in the UK since Wimbledon? Um, well, I guess I haven't been there too much to necessarily they have to dodge it. Yeah. Sorry, they have to dodge it, maybe. Yeah. Dodge it. What do you mean? Well, I wonder how much attention was being paid to you now. In what sense, though? Media sense, public sense. I mean, you know. Um, I don't quite understand the question, but I, I just wondered I, how attention has changed toward you since Wimbledon because you did extremely well. <laughs> um, well, I guess uh, not much has changed in okay. my day to day. Um, I obviously did a great media day um, up at uh, Salford. Um, Salford? Salford. Salford. Manchester. BBC, basically, the BBC. Um, place <laughs> um, which was actually good fun and again it was something that I, I took a lot of good things out of um, but otherwise uh, I guess I get recognized a little more um, outside but um, otherwise generally life is goes on and it's pretty much the same so have you, have you uh, I mean your, your start so far hasn't been sort of that great but do you put much store in, in these things or is it is it a case of just getting match time and then obviously the focus will be in New York after after here um well, obviously, I, I didn't stay as long as I wanted to in yeah. Toronto. Um, however, I, I do take the good things from, from my match there. I played against a variant from Ekaterina, and she'd just come off the back of winning Washington. So she was coming in um, into the into that match with something which I didn't have, which was you know match routine and, and getting those matches on the hard court. So I, I felt I actually did quite well, and then compared to the fact that... Uh, I, uh, it was my first match on the hard. I felt I played myself into that match quite well and competed um, pretty well. Obviously, there's things I, I would have wanted to do better. Um, but again, I was one, one point away from coming through that match. So um, I, didn't do, I didn't do too much wrong. <laughs> Joe, I mean, watching you go through what you were going through at Wimbledon just with the attention and also obviously playing all those matches, I mean, it's all over. How many days do you just completely shut off? I mean, how draining 
mentally and, and, and less more mentally than physically, I suppose, were those two weeks? Um, the thing is, I, I, I went into those two weeks with already playing quite a few matches. So I'd already accumulated quite a, a bit of uh, fatigue in that sense. So in general, actually, Wimbledon itself wasn't that much more exhausting. It was actually probably my least exhausting experience at Wimbledon so far. So, which is only a positive because um, <laughs> hopefully I'll, I'll get the chance to make it a full two weeks and then I'll just feel fresh as a daisy by the end. Um, You'll be ready for the ball. Yeah, I'll, I'll be ready. <laughs> Committed. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I think um, I think that's also um, down to how I've been able to mature as well um, and like to think keep maturing um, to be able to deal with these kind of stresses because hopefully I'll be putting myself in positions where I'll be under this these kind of stresses for, for, for the majority of my career. <laughs> with the elevated profile that you have in the game now, have you found that you've attracted more trolls, be it on the internet, social media? Just people um, not being very polite or nice in general? Um, well, unfortunately, they exist, I think, through through all areas of the game. Um, I don't think I actually get more than I did uh, when I was playing the Challenger Tour. I think it's roughly the same. It's just a different, a different pool of people. Um, I, unfortunately, there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there um, who've got a little too much time on their hands and... Uh, not enough imagination to do actually something with it. Um, <laughs> um, and unfortunately, it's the world we live in. It's it's part of um, not just our our life, but uh, other other athletes, um, other I guess other like actors, actresses, yeah. I guess singers. And unfortunately, it's uh, yeah, it's a part of it. It's not something that's nice, um, and it's definitely pick your time to read it but like, if you pick it right you can laugh I was going to say do you, do you have to sort of be quite strict with yourself and not go on straight after a, a loss and maybe give it a, another day and then and then be able to have that detachment yeah I mean I, I definitely think it's important to pick your moments um, also uh, if possible not to do it yourself not to clear out clear it out for yourself um, but uh, unfortunately you can't uh, you can't uh, I guess be fighting with everyone or so I generally don't, uh, I don't reply. I just block, 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 <laughs> block, <laughs> block. Are, you, are you handling all your social media yourself? Um, it's a mixture. I, I do uh, my own posting um, just because I do try and be authentic. Um, it does, it's, social media is not something that comes naturally to me. It's something that I've, I've tried to work on because I understand the positives um, of it as well and uh, letting uh, the people who do commit their time to follow my career and, and support me to try to give them an insight a little bit into my life. Um, I'm generally a, a private person so again it's it's something that I've worked on to try and open up a little bit more um, but uh, I think uh, it's also uh, important that I I don't spend all my time on there, so I do give up, give some of it to my agent. <laughs> how, do you, how do you balance that off that desire to be authentic and your true self and all that sort of stuff with what are the responsibilities, quote unquote, of being a, a, a professional athlete who has fans, um, has interest? Um, how do you walk that line? Um, well, I guess. Um, for me, it's just being as true to myself as I can. So the things that I do post are things that. I want to post or things that I think are 
funny. I mean, I have moments, and you could probably ask my boyfriend this, or my boyfriend this one. I'm like, oh, that's so funny. That's so good. And he's I'm like, going to post it. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have so an editor. Yeah, right? I, 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 have, I have an editor. Um, <laughs> but he's actually, he's officially been hired as uh, my um, social media, like, manager, just ah. in the sense. No, this is a joke. This is an absolute joke. Um, he just Don't takes post the photo. That's he, funny. Yeah, then no, he, he just uh, he just takes the photos, which actually makes me feel better because I think I'm great with the lines that I put out. I'm, I'm pretty good. I think I'm funny. Um, but uh, I'm not very good at taking photos. So, and so he's, he's actually a photographer. So I'm like, that's, do it. That's just you. take photos. So he has final say on the filter or do you have to do you have I've gotten better. I've actually, yes. Um, I've, I've recently gotten an iPhone. So I'm now, I'm now really what? high tech, guys. Yeah. I'm really what high tech. What did you have before? Samsung. Oh, okay. All right. Few. I mean, I wasn't that in the. I wasn't <laughs> in the Stone Ages. I wasn't in the yeah, like a little Nokia. <laughs> I mean, you laugh, you laugh, but I did download the Snake game on my Samsung before. Everyone's played Snake. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. There is no crime in downloading no. Snake. And, but did you not see it on the screen? It actually comes up with like a Nokia phone. No. Oh really? So yeah, it's so like the Nokia it's, Snake game. Exactly. Yeah. It's the Nokia That's Snake amazing. game. That's amazing. I still wouldn't switch to a Samsung, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, <digress>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, now I've gone to an iPhone, so now I feel more creative. I think just by association. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of the funnier players on tour then? Besides me. Besides, Besides you. Besides you, yes. obviously. Um, Who comes a distant second. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the same league, guys. Um, by the way, please take this an all time issue because literally last time I joked, I joked about Carolina like, yes, like buy me food, and it like turned out yes. to me me being so mean and people calling me a bit. There we go, trolls. Hey. <laughs> I was like, guys, it's a joke. Exactly. There's no sarcasm font yet. Yes, there's no there's, sarcasm font. No. And there's a real lack of context in people's. Well, that's the thing. So. People, I am actually trying to be funny. Um, what was the question? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of the funnier players on the WTO, or maybe even some players that you find funny that people would be surprised by? Um, I think everyone has their moments. I think when you when you also live this kind of lifestyle where you do come into contact with so many different situations and and people and scenarios, that I think everyone has a funny moment here and there for sure um, but I mean for me uh, I, um, I'm good friends with Timel Babos um, she's very funny um, so I, I do have a good laugh with her I think Alina's really funny as well um, who else I think Serena's quite funny She's she's quite sarcastic and oh, yeah. she, yeah so so I, I have oh, yeah. I have a lot of I have a lot of appreciation for that as well. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think those those are the moments that probably come to my mind initially. Do you speak with Tamea in English or Hungarian? Yeah. No, Hungarian. Hungarian, yeah. yeah. That's nice. So it's like a perfect opportunity to talk about everyone in the locker room. <laughs> how many languages? <laughs> Joe, how many languages do you speak? Uh, two. I speak two fluently, and I try in Spanish. I try. <laughs> try. <laughs> so, committed. Committed. Try. so how far do you <laughs> committed? Yeah. Committed. Yes, committed. Uh, well, actually, not committed enough, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, my my parents definitely would like me to be further along with that, but uh, but I try. <laughs> so do you to honestly sit there and talk about? Everything? No, yeah. no. But but it's it's actually but, interesting because uh, growing up, obviously, 
I've never, you don't necessarily are around a lot of people that speak Hungarian. So mum and I would have this habit on the tube of, you know, commenting on other people, seeing something and talking about other people, you know, there, but in Hungarian because no one understands us. But it's interesting because my uncle, my mum's brother, has done the same, but every single time, it's been a Hungarian person. So they actually they actually speak back in Hungarian. Right. So like at one time, like he was at a he was at an intersection. Um, this was back in Sydney, I think, and he, he there was I think there was a gentleman in front of him and he basically in Hungarian is like, My man, why are you not going? And then he goes he turns back in Hungarian and says, Because I can't <laughs> So it it's quite awkward when you get into that situation, but knock on wood it hasn't happened to me so far. <laughs> I'm dying for the day that it does. So that Probably we will. I mean, sooner or later it will. So we'll have to get you to like translate all the uh, Hungarian Eurovision entries for us then. Yes. <laughs> Actually, get to to do that because she's probably much better with that. Than me. <laughs> so we're just looking at this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Oh yeah, back question. to tennis. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we're having so much fun. It's not like Debbie Downer. Um, but uh, but it's the goal matches. It's the goal. I mean, what what is the what are you trying to get out of Cincinnati? Definitely to be here as long as as, as long as I can to uh, give myself more opportunities, um, more of those opportunities like I had last week, a great match against Ekaterina to to really in, really try and uh, get that time on the surface and uh, get myself back in, into those situations where where I get the chance to become a better competitor and um, again we're coming towards the last part of the season so to make to make sure that I, I keep myself healthy to keep. Uh, Taking over the good things that I do physically off the court as well to complement uh, the things I do on court. Um, and yeah, I really want to get to the theme park. Yeah. So. You're a thrill seeker? Yeah, I do. I'm, I am a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, okay. a little bit, um, but I haven't been to a theme park in such a long time. So uh, I know um, Andrew's keen on going as well. Wim, most definitely not keen, but. <laughs> But we'll work on WIM. So wow. hopefully we can all... Team building. Team building. I know, that's what I say. Team, build, team building. Exactly. It's all there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, can you please insert some much, much sarcasm? Oh, no worries. So much sarcasm. Thanks for listening. My name is Jonathan. You can find me on Twitter at tennis underscore John. And I'm James. I'm at Elliot JMR. And I'm also kind of manning the BodyServe Twitter. Yes. Oh, I mean, we both are. But I'm tweeting almost exclusively from the BodyServe. So follow me for photos, um, jokes, hopefully. <laughs> oh, you think you're funny. Uh, uh, perhaps some insight if my brain is working. I wonder there. if Joe Conta will find you funny because <laughs> <laughs> that little bit where she, she told us who she thought was funny on the WTA that we might not think, that uh-huh. was pretty cool. That whole segment I, I quite enjoyed. Till next time.